Welcome to Lifting Leaders Podcast, where we are unleashing leader possibilities to make a better world. I'm Crystal Roberts, and together with Trisha Ryan, we're diving deeper into some of the complexities of the world's most critical challenges and exploring innovative ways of navigating through them. Through interviews with experts and leaders just like you, we're exploring what it takes to thrive as a leader today and examining new ways of thinking about how to creatively lead into a more equitable, socially responsible, and sustainable future. And the future starts now. Hi, Trisha. How are you today? Oh, I'm great, Crystal. How about yourself? I'm doing great, surviving the cold. I know, (laughs) and it is cold. It's winter. So today we're talking with Nicole Bianchi about bravery and leadership and her book, Small Brave Moves. This book unpacks what it means to be a brave leader and gives us practical questions to reflect on and steps to take to begin making this change through employing a series of small brave moves. I thought this is just the right time for us and our listeners to explore this topic since many of us use January as an opportunity to set goals, both personally and work-related and plans for achieving those goals throughout the year. Sometimes the changes we're trying to make can seem really overwhelming. I know at least for myself, and I can get frustrated before we even begin. (laughs) You think about uh, New Year's resolutions, right? Mm. (laughs) I was gonna look the percentage up. I don't know if you know, but it's a very high percentage of people, right? Who don't actually follow through and on their New New Year's resolutions. I'm there, I'm totally there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, What's really going to be fun today is to really explore and unpack that a little bit. And this book, The Small Brave Moves, really gives me hope that we can actually make real change. And we know it can be hard to do. So before we jump in, here's a little bit more about Nicole. Nicole is widely regarded as the go-to source for bravery and leadership and the author of Small Brave Moves. After 16 years as an executive in two Fortune 300 companies, Nicole co-founded and scaled Bravium HD, which partners with companies like Google, GE, Macy's, and First National Bank. She is an international speaker, author, and award-winning entrepreneur who works with executives, leaders, and teams to craft their small brave moves and is just returning from a seven-week tour in Europe, interviewing and writing the start of her second book, the playbook for tough conversations. So we'll have you back. <laughs> Absolutely. Off stage, she loves singing off key karaoke with a full body glass of wine in hand, which sounds like so much fun. What more so welcome, Nicole. <laughs> Thank you so much. Hey, I find if the wine helps me, uh, it makes me think I sing much better than I. Yeah, <laughs> of so, course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a little bravery right there, right? (laughs) That's right. Karaoke, you've got to have some courage. That's for sure. Yeah. So, uh, Trisha, anything that you'd like to say before we jump in? You know, I'm just so excited about today. I've been looking forward to this for quite a while. We bought these books, what, earlier in the year. And it's high time we get a chance to talk to the author. So welcome, Nicole. We're really glad to have you here. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, have a conversation about bravery. We always start with our question about tell us your story. And you can answer this any way that that yeah. you want. When I think about my story, I think about I at an early age was put into situations where 
I had to change, alter, or modify my situation because it was not a great situation. And so growing up, I grew up as a, a farmer's daughter and there were years where there was great farming and there were years where it was like, eh, okay, farming or not so good farming. And um, so at a very young age, I remember going like, I'm, I just, I don't want to be doing like this hay baling and this bean walking and all of this stuff while all my friends are living their very best life, their very best summers, um, you know, at the pool doing slumber parties and, and all of this. And so I remember even at a young age, like 12 or 13, uh, telling my, wanting my own independence and going, I'm going to go fire. I'm going to go change my situation. I'm going to right up the street and uh, get a job at a landscaping firm. And so that kind of, you know, fast forward on and, and my first role uh, right out of college, I was put into really tough situations where they're like, we just need you to go fix this, Nicole, figure mm -hmm. it out and just go fix it. And so again, change, alter, modify and transform became kind of my superpower throughout all of the different roles I held in those two Fortune 300 companies. And I talk about them in Small Brave Moves and some really difficult and challenging situations I, of course, was thrown into. And so when I think about that and I think about what I'm most passionate about, when I started my business 10 years ago, so I worked inside for about 16 years, those two companies started Bravium about 10 years ago. Um, the common missing element I was seeing in leaders was bravery or that like lack thereof. And, mm. and I, so I started to study it going, okay, well, what's going on? And then I realized, well, everybody thinks you're either born with bravery or you're not right. Yeah. Mm. And it's actually an acquired behavior. Um, and it takes practice. And so that became, I then started looking back at not just my, my journey, but other leaders journey that I worked side by side with. Right. Mm. And learning more about and really diving into, okay, well, what is it? And I found that with with uh, when you're trying to lead, you know, you're trying to make all these changes and 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 do all these different things and lead strategy and and have people live the values. Mm -hmm. And again, the common missing element I saw was was bravery and being able to speak up and stand up for what needed to happen. Wow. Yeah. So bravery, both for yourself as a leader, but also for others, but like mm -hmm. you said, standing up for, for something. Yeah. You know, I it's, love that. it's interesting because that is something that has not waned over the years. It is still, it remains, and maybe it is always going to remain the fact that there are gaps when it comes to bravery. And to your point, it's something that it's a skill that has to be built, if you will, you know, or it has to be yeah. grown. It's not something that you just are born with. I never really thought of it that way. So um, I'm glad that's encouraging because this is something that, that we can work with people on and, and, and leaders and try and help them see the, the value of moving in that direction. That's awesome. Yeah. Bravery. When I think about bravery, bravery is a skill and leadership is an action. Yes. And if you don't have that skill, you can't take that action. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah. And it's, and it's an acquired behavior. And so oftentimes when I'm speaking on stages, I'll, I'll say, okay, what's your favorite hobby to do? Like, what do you love to do for yourself? And individuals will jump up and say, Oh, I, you know, I like to garden or I like to paint or I like, and I'll never forget. I was on a stage in California and this beautiful 65 year old woman said, I love to club. And I said, Oh, oh. like, what do you mean club? And she goes, you know, like go to the clubs. Oh. And I was like, 
oh my gosh. I go, okay, well, how did you get good at going to the clubs? And she goes, I practice. And I said, yes, because that takes a bit of bravery to go clubbing. Right. Yeah. I want to come hang out with you sometime. That sounds like a lot of fun, <laughs> but it does take practice, right? And it yeah, takes right. practice over time. Yeah. 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 So important. So in your book, Small Brave Moves, you talk about bravership. Where did that term come from? What does it mean? And why is this important for leaders? Yeah. Bravery plus leadership creates bravership. Mm -hmm. And so I I merged the two words together and started talking about bravership because I, I think they're important. And so bravery plus leadership I believe it creates a competitive advantage for leaders and they can grow influence and they can accomplish Mm -hmm. more and they actually fear less by doing that. And to live a life of bravership, it takes small, brave moves, right? And for you to kind of activate what that looks like over time. And so the, um, again, going back to the common missing element in the work I do in working with leaders, whether it's in speaking, workshops, coaching, um, we can get excited and go, yes, we know conceptually this is the right thing to do. And then you go back into your cultures and worlds and there's things working against you sometimes for that to happen. And so how do you overcome those things and live the life that you want, that you're designing and that you want to live? Um, So I think about it from a whole self perspective too, not just when I use the word leadership, I, I, we are leaders in our home lives. We're leaders in our communities. We're leaders at work. We are always, we always have the opportunity to influence somebody or something. And that's why I put the two words together, because if we've got bravery and the leadership, the skill and the action, that's pretty powerful. That's a competitive advantage for us. Yeah, Yeah. it's very powerful. And, you know, we, we are like you, we believe everybody leads, you know, they lead something in some way. So this is, this is just awesome. And it, it is so it's funny, you know, unless you know that leadership is a part of that bravership, you might not see it, but you make it so foundational, you know, that you can really build on top of that. I love that, that whole idea. So now I'm going to start using that word every day. (laughs) Yes. Well, I, I, yeah, I do love the way that you put that together, the skill and the action. Mm -hmm. So you've got, you've got to have both. I think that's where I think a lot of people get a little bit stuck. Yeah. Is in one or the other, Mm -hmm. really. Sometimes we become too action oriented and haven't done the reflection piece. And sometimes we're too stuck there and not actually doing any moves because Mm -hmm. of the fear. I work with a lot of clients around that, that piece about fear. Like it's sometimes you have to make that small move, even within the fear. And I know we'll talk more about that, but I think that could be kind of tough because we are interpreting the fear as, oh, stop, it's danger. When sometimes we just have to push through that a little bit to move, keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So good. One of the things as I was reading the book, I thought it was really interesting that right in the introduction that you say, no book or person, not even your loved one, can make you excel. Only you can. And I think what's interesting is I oftentimes run into clients uh, being a coach. Um, I'm a coach. We're all, all three of us are coaches. Um, they really just want the answer. You know, it's uncomfortable to sort of sit in that space of not knowing. And of course, as a coach, that's not our job to give people an answer. Uh, but to help them discover it for themselves. So 
why was this important to you to state this right in the introduction, right in the beginning? It is a journey. And I, I talk a lot about leadership as a journey, right? We're all on some sort of journey and we forget that the, there's so much more, there's so much more inside of us than we know. And, and I love sitting here with two other Hudson coaches who I, I just admire Hudson and the work that they do. And what we learned through not just that program, but leadership as well is um, the resourcefulness, there's resourcefulness in each one of us. And how do we, as a coach, pull that out. And so when I think about small, brave moves and putting that into action and starting off with intentionally that it starts with your authentic self is I wanted to take them on a journey of Mm self-discovery and thinking about each one of those mindsets, behaviors, and habits and recognizing like you can, I talk a lot about choice versus chance, right? You can leave some of these things to chance and hope you do them and unintentionally. But if you take a choice, if you make a choice and you take deliberate action around one or two or three of those that you want to grow in, that's, I mean, that's powerful. That's where the real growth happens. And so, but you have to own it, right? We have to own our own growth. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so true. Yeah. Go ahead, Trisha. No, I was just, you know, it's something that, um, I don't know. I, a lot of people that I coach also talk about fear. <laughs> they don't really talk about it. They skirt around it, right? They don't want to actually address it. But the idea of bravery is tough for them. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, well, it's easy to say. But, you know, what are the steps? You know, and, and unless, unless you can give them that, um, a lot of times it doesn't go anywhere. But your, your idea of choice and chance, that is, like, so powerful, you know? It's not... It's not by chance. And if you as, as a leader think that you are going to be successful by chance, then yeah. more power to you. But, you know, honestly, it's, it's the choices we make. So I love that you put that in there because that's, that is something that I think Crystal and I both coach to a lot is there's, we all have choices. You have, to, you have to be brave enough to take it, though, or to embrace it, right? So... Very good. So, Nicole, you make a distinction between inherent fear and learned fear or fears that hold us back and that leaders tend to struggle the most with three types of fear that you outline in the book. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, the three types of learned fears. And what's so interesting about learned fears is they're actually irrational and they develop over time, Mm -hmm. but they can be relearned and it's being aware of What is that for you? And the three most common that I see in the leaders that I work with are uh, fear of change, fear of loss. um, And that loss could be a loved one, a customer, a client, a project, something we're holding a tight grip on. And then the last one is the fear of not being perfect, um, not having everything just the way we need it to be. And that will stop us, all three of them, whether it's change, the not being perfect or the fear of loss can really just stop us right in our tracks from moving forward in any sort of way. Mm, wow. You know, it's it, not being perfect. We're human. And, and so that's a, that's one that is always kind of hits hard because there are so many people who believe it's not that they believe they're perfect, but they're perfectionistic, right? They want to, they want to go for the best, the best, the best. They always want to be better than, and, it's it's a hard journey to take and it's a never ending 
journey. You know, it's not something that that you're ever going to achieve, right? But mm-hmm. that fear of loss, it could be something positive too. You know, I, I think about when I heard you say that, I was thinking about the Bridges model, how they talk about in endings, you know, you, when my sister got married, I was thrilled that she got married. I gained a brother-in-law, but I lost my sister's me, you know, connection with me alone. So, you know, loss can be a lot of things, but getting people to be okay with that, you know, is so important. Thanks for that. That was, that's, um, we've got to get people to read this book because there's so much richness in it, seriously. And it's simple. It's not, it's not rocket science, right? Yeah. I think we forget sometimes. I think, (sighs) Back to your, the number one word I get when people read the book that comes out is related or I can relate to it. It's relatedness. And I, and I think that's, what's helpful for those that read it is they can relate to it Mm -hmm. and they can put a lot of this into action. And some of it may be just a a reminder for you. Like I should be doing it. Some of it may be new and some of it may be, boy, I've been avoiding doing some of that personal work. So do you have a few strategies that you might be able to, uh, a few strategies to deal with imposter syndrome, perhaps, um, when it comes to this? Yeah, I think to, uh, I talk a lot about hope driven, um, and that being one of the key elements uh, for us to overcome that, but to be hope driven and to be positive. So being hope driven is the positive expectation for a better future. And if we can have a hope-driven mindset, um, so to do that, we have to protect our energy. And so if we're protecting our energy, um, we can handle the imposter syndrome a lot better. So think about when you're not at your best. And let's say you've had a lot of energy drainers happening over the course of a couple of days. Well, it's easy to allow imposter syndrome to come in, right? When we're not feeling our best and we're just worn out or we're tired or whatever's going on. So keeping to overcome imposter syndrome, keeping our energy, you know, and protecting that with energy fillers and other things is really important. And the other piece of that, and one other thing I would just say uh, that I talk a lot about is affirmation statements and reminding ourselves of the amazing work we've done. And I'm guilty of it as well. I'll think back to like the last eight weeks, maybe 10 weeks, and then I'll beat myself up a little bit. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. In fact, I just had a conversation with my business partner before our before this, and we were talking about the performance of our books and how most books kind of quiet down after 30 to 45 days. And here we are 18 months. And I said, you know, I just paused and I said, that that's a moment to celebrate. Like we need to remember that the traction and the the good work, like how often do we stop and celebrate those moments and remind ourselves of the importance of the work we're doing? And so I'm I'm really working on some intentionality around that and capturing it. So when I look, think back, I'm not when I'm not feeling my best, I'm looking at the last eight weeks. Instead, I'm looking at the last 12 to 18 months and reminding myself of that. And then the third practice, just real fast, is whether it's speaking or getting in front of a workshop group. I have an affirmation piece around four different things I say just to get my mindset right and to make sure that I um, can loosen the grip on the perfectionism around everything has to work a certain way and that I can loosen up a little bit, have fun and recognize we're all here for the common purpose and let's have a little bit of fun doing it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, affirmations are so critically important. And I, and I think they're kind of understated in a lot of ways. You know, people don't realize just how important it is to stand in front of the mirror once in a while and, you know, talk about what's going well and what you did. You know, you're a part of that. So very awesome. Thank you. Yeah. I actually, shortly after I started my business full time, I started a practice of journaling about, so it's just looking back one week, but I was noticing that all I was focusing on was what was coming up. And I wasn't appreciating exactly what you're saying. I wasn't appreciating the stuff that had just happened. And I remember thinking, like, I have this uh, whiteboard that I do all my planning on. And every time I would wipe that clean, it would be like, it was gone. And so I was actually working with a coach and she was like, you know, what could you do to capture that, to be able to look back and appreciate everything that you did do that week? Because looking forward just seems so overwhelming Mm -hmm. and um, just that small shift. So every Monday before I wiped the board clean, I would write down here, you know, are all the things that I was able to accomplish um, this week, big and small. Yes. Sometimes it was just like, I wanted to go for a walk during the middle of the day. Cause to me, that's what a coaching life was, was to have some flexibility, not just at corporate. I always felt like I had to go, 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 go. And, um, yeah, just small things like that. that I were love that practice. Oh, I want to share a quick practice. I just, yeah. I, this was on my desk. Um, so I'm showing it to you The to nurture hope. Uh, so one practice I do is the, a peak to celebrate each day, a peak to celebrate a valley to reflect on oh, and yeah. an unexpected blessing. Yes. What, uh, what's unexpected. So, so uh, similar to you, then yeah. I go through those and kind of capture them. Yeah. Um, and it helps me, it helps keep my mindset. It, I can release some of the negativity that could have happened for that day, but then also appreciate with gratitude, the yeah. things that showed up for me that day. The other yeah. thing, Crystal, I just want to pause and highlight for the, for everybody listening on this podcast, you hopefully heard Crystal say my coach. So the yeah. very best yes. coaches out there have their own coaches. Yes. They are actively working. So that I just want to honor that because Crystal, that is, that's important. Like if for the the best coaches to, if you want to work with great coaches, ask yeah. them if they have a coach because they're yeah. constantly wanting to develop and be better right. at their life as a whole. Therefore you yeah. get the benefit of that as well. So thank you for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I was thinking about what you were just talking about, Crystal with the, and both of you actually with the, um, going in and thinking back about the things that you did well. And that is so important for leaders because for a leader to be open to giving recognition to the people that work for them, they need to be able to look within themselves first. We always say work on yourself before you start working on other people, right? And so here's this moment where if you can, you can get good at, you know, reflecting on the things you did well and celebrating it a little bit internally if you need to, but, but make sure that you do that often enough that you're comfortable because that'll make it easier for you to do that with other people, right? Um, I just love that because recognition is the one thing that we often don't, don't get enough of and start with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes as I was thinking as leaders, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, but um, the higher that you go in the organization, oftentimes the less feedback that you do get both positive and negative. And so, you know, and I was thinking for myself, starting a business when, that all that goes away, you know, you get it from your customers. If you reach out and really engage with that, but 
making sure that you're intentional about it as well. Yeah. So good. I want to just touch back on one thing when we were talking about that fear of loss and fear of things not being exactly more like perfectionism. I've been coaching leaders on delegation. And these are the two things that seem to really stick for them is this loss of now, what do I do? Because I've delegated a lot of my work, you know, to other people. So now they have this lovely space to figure out, okay, what does it really mean to be a leader, not a doer, but then also, is it going to be done in a way that I would do it? It may be done just as well, but it's different the way that people are doing it. So I love that that you talked about those as learned fears that you can overcome that. It can be hard. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So I have the next question. So you talk in, in your book about the importance of changing mindsets to make a transformation, but also the importance of behavior and habits. Why are all three important? So I think about the mindset is kind of like the, you know, strategically how you want to think and the behaviors and habits are the, okay, what's the tactical things I'm going to do to live that mindset and to make those changes. And what are those routines I'm going to set for myself? Like the simple act of me, you know, setting my intentions in the morning and then finishing up the day with something simple as this practice helps build that. It puts that mindset into action for me. So that becomes the way I do things now. And if you really want change to happen for the long term or play around with experimenting with what that change looks like, you have to be willing to look at the behaviors and the habits that follow so that you um, you're able to do it. And mm-hmm. each one of the the mindsets, behaviors and habits, the principles that I talk about in small brave moves, there's behavioral pieces and habits that we can do to live those. And my guess is when you look at kind of the nine principles, there's probably some that you're doing fairly well, and there's probably some that you could do better. And so on the ones that you want to get better at, how do you get down to that real detailed level of what does that look like in action on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? Yeah, I love that. I even think that mantra about here is how I do things now. I think that's really, really powerful. I love that. Yeah. It's that, it's that separation. It's that pause, the recognition that I have to do something different. Yeah. I think do you, how many I'm, times do you work with leaders and, or businesses where they talk about their values, right? Like, yeah. okay, so here's our mission, vision, and values. I think about it like the values yeah. and you can take your values and put them on the wall and then everybody kind of walks around and then people aren't living the values. And when I, when I'm brought into companies to work with them, I'm like, well, what does, what do those look like in action? And they're like, yeah. oh, well they're, they're on our walls. And I'm like, but on a daily, like what, how do I know what to do? And I yeah. think getting down to that really granular level around, you know, what does that look like in action and what are my rhythms, rules, and routines around that? helps me put it into action. And so I'm challenging us as, as braver leaders to do that. But even if you look at businesses in your organizations, as you're listening to this, think about how, how, how prescriptive are we about the values? How are we telling people what that means and what that looks like in our daily and weekly work? And if we're not, there's some work that needs to be done there. I love that. I think it's so important. In fact, I just had this conversation yesterday with a couple of leaders and it's uh, my point to them is that it's not me defining your actions for you. It's you defining your actions. You know, how do you 
put action, um, you know, what action is going to lend any kind of knowledge or, or uh, understanding of what that value is, you need to be, you need to define that. I can't do that for you. So it's, it's something that people are asking though. There are so many, to your point, there are a lot of companies, most companies have values. I don't know any that don't and everyone I've ever worked for does, but to your really good point, a lot of times it sits on a wall. So mm-hmm. I think now we're at, I'm hoping that we're at a, a stage in our world where people are starting to look at things that really are important and not so much though, you know, what's the bottom line? We need to work on profits, 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 or whatever. We need to make money. It's, it is that we need to empower our employees. We need to live our values. We need to put action to that so that we're a better working machine, right? Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. So you talk about nine principles of a braver leader in your book. And those, the ones I'm going to go ahead and list them, uh, starts with self, your authentic self, talk straight, fail fast, I like that one, lean on others, be there for others, be intentional, relentless curiosity, embrace uncertainty, and hope driven. Mm-hmm. We don't have time to dive into each one of them, but you do have a great job of describing these in your book. So our listeners can buy the book to get all of the details. I did want to start with what seems to me to be most important. If you don't get this one right, you can't get the rest of them right. Being your authentic self. This can be challenging. So how do you discover this? And then how do you act on it? And it is, a, so what you spoke about even before the question, challenging us as leaders to do the deep inner work. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where I start off right in the beginning. I'm like, let's not run from it. The deep inner work needs to happen first for the other stuff to fall in place. Yes. And are you clear on what your purpose is? Are you clear on what your ethos or your own values are? I see many times leaders kind of adopt whatever their companies Mm -hmm. are, but they don't take time to get clear on what theirs are. And then they're in this, there's tension, right? There's tension between that. And it's like, well, if you don't even know what your purpose or what you want to do or what you want to be or how you want to live, which is the, the ethos side, then, then of course, this is a, this is a challenge for you. Oftentimes when um, we're doing assessments as a part of a a workshop or coaching, I'll get the question, Nicole, do you want me to answer this like I am at work or like I am at home? And I get, I laugh because I thought I'm like, are you really two different people? And if that's the case, that must be exhausting for you. That must be exhausting living two different lives, which then tells you, okay, there's some inner work that needs to be done here. And so getting clear and investing time in that. In fact, I I know they can't see it, but I'm going to hold this up. I I just did mine for 2023. Um, Every year I do this, I I dust it off and, and come up with what, what is my, has my purpose changed? It hasn't over the last three years, but my ethos do. So my purpose is I want to inspire small, brave moves. That's probably not a surprise, but if you think about that statement, inspiring small, brave moves, with my children, my husband, my community, the people, the leaders I work with, the the stages I get to speak on, like, that's what I want to do with my every, every piece of my full self. But then 
getting into my ethos, you know, I I'm talking about like, okay, to live my, to be my best self and to show up as my best for others. What do I have to do for myself? What does my next chapter look like and getting really clear on what that is. And so there's components of ethos that are important and they it's iterative over time, right? We change over time. And so what, what does that need to look like for the next couple of years for you? So that's where the real work takes, takes place. And that's why I start off with that because I don't, want us to, it's easy to gloss over that and go, Oh, well, I'm going to go work on, you know, failing fast. Well, if you're not clear on the other stuff, it's hard to fail fast. Yes. That's, you know, it's, it's interesting because there are so many people out there who really have never taken that deep dive ever. And they don't think they need to, there's never been a reason to. So to your point about, they may adopt the values of an organization. um, It's, it is, such an awakening when they see that you may not agree. I personally left a company for that reason. You know, I had my own internal values. I don't think I ever at that point had spent a lot of time thinking about them, but I knew how it felt for me when things weren't going with my values. I wasn't living them. And uh, when I got, my company got acquired by another company and they had different values and I found that I could not deal with them anymore. I couldn't, my values meshed up against them, but they didn't meld with them. And so I ended up leaving the company and I was happier than I'd ever been at that point. So it was really good. But doing that deep work, I didn't do that until years later. And now I, I feel very secure about who I am, where I am, what I want, what I need, all of that. So I love that you have those cards. Is that a card that you put up? Yeah. So I just, I made them, yeah, I designed them on Canva and put them on uh, phone cards and I take them with me and they hang up. They're just a part because for me to live my ethos, right. Who I want to be all of this, I it's gotta be visual and I've got to be checking in with myself on and similar to these mindsets, behaviors, and habits. There's probably, there's some days that I'm doing really well at some of these. And there's some days where I'm probably not at my best. And what does that mean? And what, what's some self spot coaching I need to give myself around that right I love that they're portable you can just throw them in a bag or put them in your purse that's great yeah thank you yeah so I want to touch back on one thing that you were saying um you were talking about well that it's your your purpose to inspire people to make small brave moves so you also talk in the book about one percent the one percent shift so Mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about that yeah. It's, I mean, it's like the compound interest, right? The, the doing, making things can feel so big and so overwhelming that if we can just focus in on what's the bravest move I need to make right now, what's one small brave move I need to make right now can propel us forward, right? Into motion that one small brave move leads to another small brave move leads to another small brave move. Mm-hmm. And and I also argue that, listen, small one small brave move, those are mostly going to go uncelebrated, unrecognized, unnoticed, right. but they compound over time and turn into something much larger that will begin to reveal itself, right? That's where the true transformation ends up taking place. So we, so often we focus on, well, I've got to do these 10 things. No, no, no. If you could only do one, and one of my coaching questions is if you could only do one thing, just one small thing, what would it be? Yeah. Oh, well that kind of unlocks them, right? Unleashes like, oh, you're right. I don't have to have it all figured out. Well, one move towards that would be this. Now we're in forward motion and starting to build upon that. Right. Yeah. 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 
that's what I love about the concept of experimentation. It's like, you don't have to know the answer, right? Yes. Hey, let's just try something small and see how to, how does that feel for you? You know, and if that feels good, try another <laughs> and, small. And to live it. I will tell you my business partner and I, Jeff, every single speaking gig workshop, we always, every single one, we have to try something new. And that can be scary and intimidating because you're like, well, why don't I just use what works every single time? Well, because we're not growing and getting better and giving ourselves, if we're challenging the leaders we work with permission to experiment, we have to give ourselves permission. And most of the time it works out really well. And there's a percentage of time where it doesn't work out. And I'm like, okay, well that failed. I won't do that again. Now I'll try something else, but it helps us refine and get better at what we're doing. And like I said, it's not easy and it takes brave moves for us to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's practicing your skill building, isn't it? I mean, you're talking about those incremental little brave moves, small brave moves, right? And each one that you have next time, it's maybe a little easier and easier and easier. And then you really are building that skill. So I love that. Yeah. So if you were to pick one more principle um, of those nine uh, that you felt you want to talk about that leaders could most benefit from, or you think is the next move. However, you want to think about that. What, what other principle would you like to talk about? The one I feel is really relevant right now, especially is the being intentional. And when I think about being intentional, it's when we're setting powerful intentions, we're creating within us a new specific state of mind that serves our purpose in life. And Mm -hmm being able to set whether they're daily or weekly intentions or being really intentional about some of the, whether it's I'm listening to this right now and I need to go deeper on myself or gosh, I hadn't thought about a hope driven mindset and starting my day that way. I need to be intentional about that. I think being intentional, you could actually, it's kind of the the cover for all of them, right? You have to be intentional about all of them, but if you're not thinking about intentionality and the moves that you're making, Um, The rest of it just doesn't, it doesn't work. And I think, so a daily practice, I set three intentions for my day, um, Mm -hmm. every single day. Now, when I'm heading into the weekends or like a little trip, I'll set them kind of for a chunk of time. Um, But one of them that I, I is always, almost always lands on my list is you can't control how others show up around you. You can only control how you show up. So bring your A game. And, and that's because I have to kind of lose the control of, well, wait, they're not at their best or, you know, they blew off this meeting or maybe they didn't show up with the right materials or whatever it is. I can't control any of that, but how I can, what I can control is have I done the work to be here and be prepared and be in the moment with what, how I need to show up. Yeah. In a world where we're looking at impact, you know, for the the impact that we have on others, that Mm -hmm. being intentional is so critical right? If we really want to change our impact, we have to think about how we approach. So I, I love that you've got that in there because it's, it's um, something that a lot of people are looking at right now. You know, it's like, I've gone the last two and a half years doing everything on a flat screen and I'm not having, I'm not getting the impact that I'm looking for. And that's a really, it's another place for them to take a look, you know, am I acting intentionally? Am I doing what I need to do so that I get the impact I want? Yeah. It's awesome. Love that. So <laughs> looking forward, what are you really excited about? And you could say anything you want. What's on your, what's the next 
thing that you're going to be doing? Uh, then oh, that's such a good question. When I think about uh, as we're heading into, you know, and beginning 2023, what I'm most excited about is the work around the second book. And it's a, it's, it's an evolution of the, the talk straight chapter in small brave moves, which has gained a lot of traction as well. And, and it's around how do we have the tough conversations and how do we get better at having that? Not all tough conversations are created equally. And that I argue that there's five types of tough conversations and any conversation could fall into one of those types. And the types are um, if we're really good and we're doing the work in the kind of the first three that the rest will come about. And so for me, as I think about 2023, it's like, how do I help leaders be better at having upsetting agreements, having tough conversations so that it becomes the way they do the way the way they do things? And so I'll be doing a lot of speaking. I've got workshops. I'm going to do team coaching on that. And um, the book will come out in late 2023. And I'm, I couldn't be more excited about it um, because it's going to take some more small, brave moves to make all of that happen wow. as well. Yeah. And you've got the I- skill for it, right? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I think it's so needed. It's really so needed. It pairs so nicely also with the small brave moves. I think it's a, it's a small brave move to have a tough conversation. Oh, Um, for sure. Yeah. And I, and and I'm sure with, as coaches, you see this as well. Um, That's the, it's the, it's the thing I see leaders really struggling with right now is how do I, boy, how do I do this and protect the relationship? How do I make sure that I've been heard? How do I, do this in such a way where it'll ignite the change in action that I'm looking for. And I don't think um, in all of the amazing books out there that we've mastered what that playbook looks like yet. And that's what I'm taking a run at. Yeah. Yeah. And I think about all this um, separation that we're going through. And I think part of it is being able to have tough conversations, just like you were saying, have tough conversations while maintaining the relationship yeah, like that we can do that. We can actually come out of those conversations with a stronger relationship. Yeah. Don't, it doesn't have to tear us apart. So love that. Yeah. I really great. encourage people to, um, I do encourage our listeners to get this book. Um, it's a wonderful, it, and yes, I'm plugging your book, but I, <laughs> I will tell you that it's, it's a really great foundational book and it's easy to read. It's easy to understand. It's not, there's no, there's no hidden agenda in it. It's wonderful. So I think if people read this, they're going to be looking forward to the next chapter, which is going to be just even that much more awesome in that sense. And I think about how people that I've been talking to lately, some of them are struggling because they've been going to training, trying to fill the gap that exists between what they want and what they are able to give right now, just based on their skill set or their confidence or a lot of things, right? So um, this is a great opportunity for them to at least drink in concepts that they're not getting when they go to a training class. It's, it's a little different when you're in a room full of other people and you're trying to do a little bit of inner work while you're sitting there quietly, right? It's just not yeah. easy to do. This is something that you read the book, you look in the mirror, right? Read yeah. the book, look in the mirror. So I'm and excited. And take some action. That's what I love about the book because yes. I think it really does help you do both the self-reflection yes. and then the steps to actually do it. So bravo to you, Nicole, on um, you. a beautiful book. 
And I know it has been out uh, for a few months, but I also think that it's fresh. I think that people can use it. It's perfect timing for the beginning of the year. I hope people get the book and if they have it already to go back and relook at it Mm -hmm. and to really help that be inspiration for them to um, move forward on some important things that they want to accomplish this year in 2023. So thank you again for joining us um, on our podcast and taking the time to be with us to share your wisdom. And we will look forward to hearing about all your success in the future as well with your new book. Thank you so much. It was awesome to be with two amazing fellow coaches today. And so thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, Nicole. Wonderful. That was such an insightful conversation with Nicole, wasn't it? I just loved it. It was, you know, I love the way she unpacked parts of her book, very down to earth, so easy to understand. And, um, you know, what a, what a great soul. I really loved having that conversation with her. I feel a little braver right now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, for sure. I love the, the, that combination of reflection and action. And it's just going to be so helpful going forward. So let's keep the conversation going. If you have questions or comments about the show, you can find us on all our social media channels at lifting underscore leaders. There are so many exceptional podcasts coming up more with fantastic guests. So be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple podcast or wherever you listen. If you know someone who would find this episode inspiring, share it with them, text them, email them, or take a screenshot and share it on your Instagram and tag us at lifting underscore leaders. If you'd like to know more about us, our guests, or the show, please go to our website at liftingleaderspodcast.com. You'll find show notes there as well. We will certainly link to Nicole's website and book there for people as well. So you can find it easily there. If you're looking for help in developing your leaders or would like a growth opportunity yourself through leader coaching, please contact us through our website. Thank you to Ari Chance Roberts for his technical support of our show. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast. It's free. Thank you, Trisha, for co-hosting with me. Crystal, thank you for bringing Nicole to us. I think that this was a really good day for, for our leaders, leader listeners. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks to our audience. Thank you for listening. Find ways every day to lift each other up. Have a fantastic week. Take good care. Bye. Oh, 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 oh,